0: Hey there everybody, Teching101 and Barry here. Now I don't know if you guys know what's been going on in chapter 1043, so I'm going to start this video off in a much more reserved fashion. So if you're not into spoilers, I would suggest you don't watch the remainder of this because it's going to get live in about five seconds, okay? 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 That was five seconds. Oh my god, I can't believe it, right? This is the most amazing thing that's ever happened in One Piece, and that includes the t- Time Nami used the happiness punch both of the times that Nami used the happiness punch okay all right so um I just I just want to uh, step back a little bit here because this is a thing that like everybody's been discussing for a while now, uh, pretty much since before the chapter came out, and then when the chapter came out. And, you know, Oda is a marketing genius. I mean, really, when you think about it. You know, to leave the last chapter off on that cliffhanger, and then be like, well, two-week break time, you know? (laughs) Like, all right, well... Thank you, Oda! Thank you so much. But no, seriously, get some rest. You're gonna need it, because, um, apparently given what we had in the last chapter, you know, we're gonna be getting to the final stage of Wano here, and then beyond that, I I don't even know. It's off into the wild blue yonder. I don't know. Okay. But, um, I really just didn't even really want to talk about the form itself, because I feel like everybody's talked about that. At this point, uh, I was part of a little mini collab, little mini reverie thing over on Roger's channel. It was me, Roger, Randy, Troy, Murphy was there. Uh, Got to meet her, which that was the first time I ever met her, so that was cool. Um, And then also uh, Cole and Brago were there as well. And we all talked about Chapter 1043, and I did a bunch of other collabs with people about 1043. So I wanted to talk about... Why is this such a big deal? I mean, yes, obviously, Luffy is the main character, and he's awakening his Devil Fruit, and that connects back to Joy Boy and everything, but, you know, I've been talking about One Piece for going on six years now on this channel, and uh, before that, you know, I talked about Bleach and everything, and I think this might very well be the, like biggest, like, moment that's ever happened in a manga, like, as I've been discussing it, where, like, everybody's going crazy about it, everybody's making videos, everybody's talking about it, so many people are excited for chapter 1044. I really want to dissect this. I want to look into why this is such a big deal, okay? Because let's just be honest here with ourselves. The main character of a shounen manga receiving some sort of power-up in the latter stages of their story that's not unusual, and in, in fact, that's kind of par for the course if you've been reading shonen manga for any given time, right? It happens a lot. It happened with Naruto getting all of his Kurama forms near the end of his story. It happened with Ichigo finally uh, manifesting his Hollow Powers and Shinigami Powers into one during the Thousand Year Blood War arc. Um, you know, Asta, I, I don't really think Black Clover's in the final, final stages right now, but you know, Asta with his Devil Union, there's probably some new stuff he can do with that and everything so um, Luffy achieving an awakening that should I mean that's a big deal but is it this big of a deal you know and that's the thing it's not all because of that. It's not just because Luffy is getting some sort of power-up. He's gotten power-ups before. Now, granted, a lot of the power-ups that he's gotten in the story, um, I was never, like, reading it at the time, or if I was reading One Piece at the time, I was certainly not, like, talking about it on YouTube. Um, the first major power-up I think Luffy really got in the story was his Gears. So, during Enny's lobby, when he had Gear 2nd and Gear 3rd. You know, I wasn't even reading One Piece weekly at that point, so I don't know what the response was in the fandom back in, like, 2004 or 2005, whenever Luffy, you know, first went into gear second, gear third. Um, then, even, like, Nightmare Luffy during Thriller Bark, I'm sure that was a big deal. Um, but the, the first big one that I really remember was the time skip. You know, when the Straw Hats came back after the time skip, and Luffy had all these new abilities. But even then, Oda was very smart in the way he handled that. He did not show us every single thing Luffy could do with his training with Rayleigh on Ruskina right as soon as the time skip, you know, ended, in, you know, two years later, right? Um, you know, because that was in like, late 2010, when the time skip, you know, happened, and then it wasn't until, I think, 2014 that we even got to see Gear 4th, when Luffy went into Bound Man against Doflamingo, okay, so, that's the thing, and that's something very, very important I want to throw out there right now, in terms of pacing, in terms of setting things up and playing the long game, that is a huge part of this, okay, and that is what Oda did, because it was also during that fight, when Luffy first revealed Gear 4th Bound Man to us, the fans, reading it, and we're like, oh my god, this is gear fourth this is incredible in that exact same fight in fact right after luffy went gear fourth doflamingo was like hey have you heard about devil fruit awakenings and then we're all like devil fruit awakenings what is that about you know and so There's a lot of other manga I've read where maybe a main villain, or some enemy the main character has to go up against, they might reveal some sort of ability, some sort of power that they can access. And so, maybe the main character will win the fight by like the skin of their teeth, like barely manage to win, and then in the very next story arc, they're like, hey, the enemy I fought had this really great power. I want to have that power for myself. I'm going to have a training arc to receive it, okay? So Oda did not do that with Luffy. It wasn't like right after Dressrosa, Luffy was like, hey, Doflamingo had this uh, weird ability. He was an awakened Devil Fruit user. I wonder if I can become an awakened Devil Fruit user as well. I better look into this. I better figure out a way to awaken my Gummo Gummo no Mi. Because that's not how Luffy thinks. Luffy definitely trains to get stronger, um, but, you know. No, he doesn't really think about that kind of stuff in that way I guess you know he, maybe Luffy thought it was just something specific with maybe the Ito Ito no also Luffy was really pissed off at Doflamingo at the time so when Doflamingo was explaining like this is an awakened power maybe Luffy wasn't even paying attention he's like yeah blah 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 whatever I'm gonna punch you right whatever use whatever attack you want on me it's not gonna matter I'm gonna win and he did but that's the idea. Like, Oda set this up way back, and I, I think it was 2014. I think that's when Luffy first went into Gear 4th. If it wasn't 2014, it was very early 2015. And so, you know, we're already talking like 7, maybe closer to 8 years ago already since that happened, which is crazy to think. It's been that long already. But that's, that's what I mean, man. Oda plays the long game with this stuff. It's like setting it up years and years ago that a thing called Devil Fruit Awakening exists to give us a lot of time to... Re- ruminate on it, to think about it. Um, and also other characters that have Awakenings that Luffy's encountered since, like Katakuri, I guess Guild to Zorro in Film Gold was also an awakened user, of course that was non-canon, but, but like the idea of setting it up, like, we're gonna encounter a lot of other characters that have Awakenings, or not a lot of other characters, because it is pretty rare, but a few other characters that have Awakenings, and what those Awakenings entail. This also kind of paints a whole new picture for, like, the islands on the Grand Line, like, Raijin Island might have been a product of the, somebody that had the, uh, Goro Goro Nomi and fruit before Enaru had it. That might have you know something to explain with Ennie's lobby and why it has the giant hole and the sun and everything like that. Maybe a former user of uh, the Pika Pika Nomi Kizaru's fruit or something involving the Zushi Zushi Nomi Fuji fruit. And then there's the whole thing with Punk Hazard, of course, with Akinu inu and Aokiji most likely being awakened Logias, and so it's like, oh, that's the reason why their Devil Fruits affected Punk Hazard the way it did. They're awakened, so Oda gives us years and years and years to think about this, that okay? And it's also, I think, just because Oda, the way that he writes this story... He, he takes his time with it. I mean, you know, maybe the editors are like, okay, you have to speed this one moment up. But for the most part, Oda has a general idea what he wants to do. And when he wants to flesh certain things out, he takes the time to do that, right? He certainly doesn't, like, rush things in that sense. He doesn't want to, like, hurry up and get the Straw Hats to the One Piece as quick as humanly possible, okay? He's definitely taking his time with that. Um, there might be certain aspects of an arc. Maybe the editors are like, hey, Oda, you know, make sure to speed this one moment up so we can get to the fights or we can get to this, you know, maybe something like that. But in terms of the structure of the story, I mean, Oda's definitely taking his time with this. Wano's been going on for almost four years, just for an example right there, right? Um, But it's not like, you know, Luffy beats out Doflamingo, and then in the very next arc, which I guess would be Zo, Luffy's like, I'm going to learn Awakenings to fight Jack, you know, it's nothing like that. And I feel like that's the way it's handled in a lot of other Shonen and stuff, okay? Um, Something else, another reason, another really big reason, Why Luffy's power-up right here is such a big deal, is it's not something just limited to Luffy and his strength. That's part of it, and that's really cool. We want to see our main characters get really strong and punch out giant dragon gods, right? But it's also something that's closely tied into the mythos of Joy Boy and the One Piece. And even Joy Boy himself, we did not even know the name Joy Boy until after the time skip. Alright? So I want to repeat that, alright? One Piece has been in serialization since 1997, and we do not learn about the figure that is very relevant to the Will of D and the One Piece and Laugh Tale. We don't even learn about the name of that person, the existence of that person, until 2011? You know? So it's like 14 years almost! Like, that's the way Oda does things, right? So Luffy going into this form, you know, the smile, and then the onomatopoeia for the sun god, and then he's, you know, turning into goo or slime or resin! He's turning into resin, ladies and gentlemen, right? All that stuff going on, yes, Luffy will get stronger, but it's going to connect directly back to mysteries involving the void Century, the biggest mystery of all, the One Piece, Joy Boy, and then, um, uh, uh, The Will of D, of course. You know, everything like that. Like, things are going to be. A little bit more clear, I think, after this. Now I've said this before, I really don't want this to be a situation with like Joy Boy possessing Luffy's body or anything like that, or even like a ghostly image of Joy Boy appearing behind Luffy or in some kind of like mind world, you know, like when Naruto talks to Kurama or anything like that. Not like, you know, Luffy's in this little area and it's like it's his inner mind, so it's just filled with meat and Luffy's just sitting on this pile of meat and then Joy Boy appears and he's like, Luffy, I must tell you about the mystery of the will of D now that you've awakened to my devil fruit power you you can know this knowledge i don't want it to be anything like that but it will provide hints and clues into what's going to happen later on okay and in the inherited will that luffy carries on that shanks had that J- uh, roger had and then joy boy you know started it okay so that's a really big deal cuz it's tying into the mythos of one piece and you got to think about it this way 1997 is when it started, that means this year, in July, 25 years of One Piece, 25 years of this manga, of this masterpiece, that is the most popular manga in the entire world, and here's something else to remember, it is a consistent story. It's a mystery, really, when you think about it. I mean, I know it's a shonen, it's a battle manga, it's a pirate manga, but you could also throw mystery manga in there, too. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're trying to uncover as we go. Now, One Piece is not the longest manga to ever run in Shonen Jump, or the longest manga period. In fact, far from it. I think if you're just talking in terms of, like, when the manga was first serialized, what year, and then the ones that are still ongoing to this day, one Piece ranks, like, 16th. It's not even in the top 10. I wrote down a few others, and some of these I'm more familiar with than others, but let me just go down this list really quick, and this isn't even all of them. This is just a few examples I wrote down. You can find, like, list of the longest-running manga on, like, Wikipedia or whatever. Um, but, uh, Hajime no Ippo... Which, I knew that one already. I haven't read a lot of Hajime no Ippo, but I know a little bit about it. It's it's a boxing manga, right? So, correct me, I don't know, but it's been running for well over a thousand chapters at this point, but it's, it's kind of more rooted in reality. I know it's still a shonen. I know there's a scene where there's a character that, like, fights a bear at one point, so there's a little bit of exaggeration there, but I don't think it's a situation where Ippo is, like, learning to punch out alien gods at some point. Maybe it is, I don't know, but I feel like it's mostly a manga that's grounded in reality, like a sports manga, about boxing, okay? But it is a consistent story from the beginning to where we are right now, but it is more grounded in sort of reality, right, in our world. Um... Baki, and I don't really know anything about Baki, I'm sorry, but that's been going on for about 31 years now. Of course, I have to mention JoJo, obviously. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, that's been in serialization since 1986, and that's been going for well over 35 years now, but the way Araki handles it is that the story of JoJo is not like one consistent story with one main character throughout the entire run of the manga, right? Uh, Parts one through six take place from varying time periods with a different main character for each part, starting in part one from Victorian-era England in the 1880s all the way up to part 6 that takes place in 2011 in Florida in the US um, in a prison okay and different main characters for each part right and then from part 7 onwards we have a completely different timeline that's separate from the original timeline with part 7 and 8 and then part 9 Jojo lands I'm assuming is also taking Time period, but uh, who knows what Araki has planned for that. So that's the way he does his manga, so it's not like one consistent story throughout the entire way. It's really eight stories broken up throughout the years. Um, Also, you got to consider some of these manga are weekly, some of them are monthly, some of them are semi-monthly. The longest-running manga, because I wanted to look that up just because I was curious, the longest-running manga that is still, you know, to this day running, although I think with a different author, um, is Golgo 13. And that started serialization in 1968. And it is still going on... To this day, 53 years of serialization. I have not read Golgo Thirteen. It's about like an assassin, like a hitman kind of uh, manga. Uh, But I have not read it. Any Golgo Thirteen fans out there, let me know what it's all about. But um, if it's like a continuous story or if it's more like episodic, like Conan, for instance, that's another one that really popped into my head. You know, Detective Conan, you know, Case Closed. Um, That actually started in 1994, so it's a little bit older than One Piece. That's been going on for 28 years. And um, if I remember Case Closed, correctly, and I'm just going off of the anime here that I watched when I was a little kid, Um, but I felt like that was more episodic, right? Like every chapter is like a different kind of story, same main character, but more in that loop of like, you know, like the Simpsons or Family Guy, where it's kind of like the same thing resets every time. Let me know if I'm wrong on this, if there's like a consistent story that goes throughout the entire run of the manga, but I just remember it being more episodic. I could be completely wrong on this though. Um, So those are just a few examples I wrote down. There's a lot more. Like I said, in just terms of the manga that are the longest running that are still going on, um, One Piece ranks like 16th. So there's 15 other manga that started earlier than One Piece that are still ongoing. But they might be more episodic, they might be different parts like JoJo's, Uh, they might be more slice-of-life stories, which makes the overall story maybe a little bit easier to write for, because it's nothing so outlandish or crazy, it's just like Ippo going through the boxing circuit or whatever like that. But then we get to One Piece, which is a consistent story since the very beginning one story, one main character, one main cast, the Straw Hat Pirates, and we just learn more and more about the world, about geography, about the history. And that is so just, it's so enriching, I guess, is the w- best way for me to describe it. I don't know how any other way to describe it. It's just like, this is so much buildup, so much hype. Like, Oda is the king of this. So. When we finally do get to this point in the story where, yes, the main character's getting a power-up, he's getting an awakening, that's awesome. Every single thing that's led to this took years and years to establish, decades to establish. All the hints, all the clues, all the foreshadowing, everything, is sort of coalesced and combined at a nexus point. And, I know, we're getting quantum mechanical here, at a nexus point. And that nexus point is Luffy Awakening right here and now. It's Monday when I'm filming this right now. It's March 21st. It's almost noon when I'm uh, filming this right now. There is a distinct possibility that the spoilers for the next chapter may be out by the end of the day. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe Wednesday. I don't know. Um, but I have a feeling uh, this is... I, I. If they are out even now, I haven't read them. But I just have a feeling that, like... Something's coming, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Something's on the horizon here that is going to shake us to our very foundations, okay? And it's such a unique moment that we're sharing together. Like, come here, let's let's have a group hug, okay? Group hug, everybody. <laughs> it's just such a, a moment in the story, which I'll just be straight up. This moment right here... It might be only rivaled by the time that the Straw Hats finally find the One Piece. That moment in the story where we all find out what the One Piece is, at the same time the Straw Hats find out what the One Piece is. You know, it might be like this moment, and then that moment. That might be like the emotional highs for this story, okay? because everybody's excited for this. It's like, I feel like honestly throwing a party. I don't have anybody, I don't have any real friends around here that are as into One Piece as me, but I want to throw a One Piece party, right? I get that idea, I get that vibe, right? Um, But yeah, yeah, it's, it's just... It's an awesome power-up moment, which already is hype, like when you were reading Bleach, if you've read Bleach, when Ichigo goes into his hollow form against Ukiyora or anything, it's always really cool to see, like, main character go all powerful and berserker and everything like that. When Asta uh, learned Devil Union, that was a really cool moment, you know, the whole thing with Kurama and Naruto and all that stuff, you know, those were always really big moments in the story there, Um, but then... You have to combine that with decades of world building and established backstory and uh, mythology, like crafting the mythology of the One Piece world, of the sun god Nika, and of Joy Boy, and of Laugh Tale, and the world government. Like merging all of that together creates like a perfect storm. And here we are today. So, yeah, I just wanted to make this video. I've I've still yet to make an actual video where I've talked about, like, what form Luffy could take, like, the abilities, like, the actual function of his awakening... But I did do a collab with Sensei about that a little while ago, and I just talked about that with, you know, we did the mini reverie yesterday. So, I feel like a lot of that has already been established. But I wanted to take it in a different direction. I hope you enjoyed. Um, Yeah, so, let me know down below why this is such a big deal for you. Or if it isn't a big deal. If you're like, ah, Luffy getting an awakening, who cares? We all expected this for years. It's like, yeah, we did expect it for years, but it was like, the time spent waiting was really what mattered. You know, as soon as Doflamingo used that awakening power. Was there anybody that even really questioned, okay, there was probably a lot of people that questioned, like, Luffy's not going to get that power. Um, but it was a question of, like, not, for me, it wasn't like, if Luffy was going to get that power, it was when Luffy was going to get that power. You know, how is an awaken even activated? And Oda kept it deliberately ambiguous for years. It wasn't like those eight years between Doflamingo using it and now, now, of like, we're finding more and more stuff about awakenings, how they function, how you do awaken. It wasn't like that. We still still don't know a lot about how this shit works, but that in and of itself makes this work all the more. Kind of hard to explain. But anyway, thanks for watching the video. This will be Teching and Barry. It's time for us to go back to Frog Facts. You know what it's all about. Cue that intro. you. Alright, so this is going to be a fun one. Uh, We're talking about a prehistoric frog today. That's right, a frog that is no longer with us. I always like to do these in Animal Facts, go back and look at some uh, extinct species of the animal that I'm discussing, and uh, I think I found the perfect one today. Today we are discussing the devil frog, also known as the frog from hell. I love these, I love these names, these little quirky names people give them, but the taxonomical name for this frog is the Beelzebufo. BEELZEBUFO! PUNY HUMANS! YOU WILL BOW TO THE LORD WHO EATS THE FLIES! BEELZEBUFO! That's the actual taxonomical name of this frog. Um, as you could imagine, it takes its its root name, its etymology from Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies, which is like, by the way, the coolest name for the devil in, like, any sort of mythology. Beelzebub has always been my favorite. Like, just the way to say it. Beelzebub! You know, it's always the coolest name for the devil. Um, and also, it's great that Beelzebub is actually a character in Record of Ragnarok. I'm like, I'm so happy that Record of Ragnarok included Beelzebub. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, and then Bufo, which is just Latin for toad or frog. So, it's funny that it's Bufo, okay? So, it is a frog that lived about 70 million years ago. Uh, most of the fossil records we found for it are on Madagascar, actually. So, it has some relations to the large frogs that have been found on mainland Africa, uh, but it's a little bit different. And so, uh, it actually was about 9 inches long, about 23 centimeters, so it's not, like, huge. I know back in the day, this is when dinosaurs ruled the Earth and everything. You might be thinking, like, in order for a frog to survive back then, this frog might have been, like, the size of a Mack truck, or something like that. Nothing like that, it was only about 9 inches, but it had a huge head, its head was huge, kind of like a bobblehead sort of thing, it was like the first pop figurine of its day. And, uh, it needed to have that huge head, because, uh, you know, a lot of the animals and even the insects back then were way bigger so it actually had the ability to sort of like expand its head a little bit to like devour animals and it might have even devoured like like baby dinosaurs so if you think being a frog is hard these days can you imagine back in those days there's giant t-rexes and stuff stomping around but you're just like the bielsa Bufo, you're the devil frog. He's like, I'm the frog from hell. And he's hopping around, and he sees, like, a bunch of dinosaur eggs about to hatch. And he's like, mmm, baby Tyrannosaurus rexes. And he just devours them whole. And he, like, expands his head to, like, devour these baby dinosaurs. It's insane. Uh, But yeah, so yeah, that's the frog from hell. We don't really know much more about it, but I could throw up some artistic, you know, renditions of what they might have looked like and size comparisons, like, to a human hand. So like I said, not that big, but you still don't want to run into one. It would be funny if hell is actually real, and then if you actually end up there, it just turns out that that entire area is just filled with frogs. That's just all it is. Like, all hell is. Like, the ground are just frogs, the walls are frogs, the rivers are just frogs. Hell is just frogs. It's like, huh. Okay. Well, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. This will be Teching and Barry signing out.
1: A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting